going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Soppy. You can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. And also joining us here today on the show is Matthew Berry, who hosts Fantasy Football Happy Hour weekdays at noon Eastern on Peacock. And every NFL Sunday, he hosts Fantasy Football Pregame with Matthew Berry at 11 a.m. Eastern over on Peacock. Kyle, I'll come back to you in a minute. Matthew, welcome to the show. It is great to have you here, my friend. You know what? I agree with you. It is, in fact, great for you guys to have me. A lot of people are like, how did you guys get Barry? Because like you've been, uh, this podcast has been alive for like literally 10 days or something like that. And the answer is Kyle Soppy. So, <laughs> I, I, Kyle, I don't want you to sit here. And, Kyle Yates, I don't want you to sit here and say like, oh, with me today is Kyle Soppy. Kyle Soppy needs to be there full time, all the time, 24-7. Only because there have been so many times over the last, I don't know. How long has it been? Seven years? Eight years? Uh, Ten years, Kyle? Ballpark, yeah. Something like that. Long, long time that Kyle has answered a text from me at midnight when he is like... Midnight was know, the early text. Before I'm on air, when I'm in the middle of a commercial break where he has um, where he has come through for me in a big way. So I owe a lot to Kyle. Uh, I miss him. Uh, I miss working with him. Uh, Thirsty Kyle back at the, uh, at the mothership here. So... <laughs> I want to be very clear, Kyle Yates. I'm here entirely for Kyle Sopke and not for you. That is, you know, that is, you are along for the ride, is what you are. That is very fine with me. I am here for Kyle right. uh, because of Kyle Sopke as well. So, uh, right. gentlemen, let's uh, let's get into talking some fantasy football here, really quick. Before we get into talking some mid-round values, we've got a lot that we have to get to here on the show. There was some big news that happened after the recording of our last podcast, which was Jonathan Taylor has been given permission to request a trade uh, or to seek a trade from the Indianapolis Colts. So I did want to talk about Jonathan Taylor here just briefly as we're heading into a critical draft weekend, right? This is when a lot of people are going to be having their fantasy football drafts. Kyle Soppy, what do fantasy managers do with Jonathan Taylor right now? Do you think he gets traded? I do eventually, but I don't know when. This is why if you're drafting this weekend or already drafted or anything like that, this is proof A why you push this as far as you can. Put it in September. Put it after the first game kicks off. I really don't care. You shouldn't be drafting now, and this is why. But I think Jonathan Taylor eventually gets moved, if for no other reason, just to get him on the field. I hope he ends up with the Vikings. I think that's the easiest, cleanest spot for fantasy. They just had Delvin Cook. We all saw Delvin Cook. He had lost a step or two. Last season wasn't great for him. You're still talking almost 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor would be a top five running back for me if he were to land in Minnesota. I just want it to happen sooner than later so we're not playing this game you know, this waiting game where we just don't know what to do. Matthew, I'll ask you that same question. Jonathan Taylor, what do fantasy managers do if they are going to be drafting here this weekend? Is he someone that's just simply on the do not draft list? I, there's no player that's ever on the do not draft list to me. I think it's something that you sort of feel it out, right, in terms of where it goes. At some point, it becomes a value, right? I, I don't like him in the first or second round. If you get into the third round and you're like, eh, it sort of depends on how it goes. It also depends on what kind of player you are, right? There is risk reward with Jonathan Taylor where there hasn't been before. This is a guy who, you know, only played in 11 games last year. This is a guy who was running back. Forget all the, you know, Ursay contract stuff. The fact of the matter is, is that last year he was hurt. He wasn't 100% healthy. Last year he wasn't a top 30 running back in terms of total points. He was running back 17 on a points-per-game basis last year. And so, you know, the, the Jonathan Taylor, number one running back in fantasy, we haven't seen that in a little while, right? And then you add in... The fact that, like, there's clearly bad blood. There's clearly, you know, a disconnect between Indianapolis Colts management and Jonathan Taylor. So some feel great 
And so if I'm in a league where it's like, this is my league, this is the league where like, if I lose, I got to, you know, fly on a plane to Alaska and get in a Waffle House or something like that. This is my league with my, my boys from college, you know, and the, the, the trash talk is going to be epic for the next year and I cannot lose this league. Probably not drafting Jonathan Taylor, but whatever. You're doing yet another best ball draft and you're, you know, this is one of five drafts. Like you probably want some Jonathan Taylor exposure. So it just, I think somewhat depends on kind of what the league is and where he falls in the draft. I will just tell you, I think that Kyle Sapi, I know you said uh, Minnesota. I think it's unlikely he, he gets traded, okay. candidly. I think, this is what I said on my podcast. I said, you know, the Colts were like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, go ahead, uh, seek a trade. They, you, know, you know what that is? That's like my wife saying, yeah, by all means, Matthew, you know, honey, go ahead, hit on Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, because, like, my wife isn't worried. You know, okay. go ahead. Oh, 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 you think Anne Hathaway is hot? By all means, Matthew, go ahead, hit on her. Because my wife knows, like, there's no chance. Like, she's not worried about that. There's a long list of women that my wife is not worried about me. Um, uh, you know, but the fact, real talk for a second, that Jonathan Taylor, like, in a in a NFL that has proven throughout the season that they don't care about running backs in a significant way, whether it's the Josh Jacobs situation or the Barkley situation, Austin Eckler, like, there's a number of running backs that have sort of, like, they've gotten a little bit of a pay bump or they're not happy with their contract, on, on, on. The fact of the matter is, you know, it took Dalvin a while to sign. It took Zeke a while to sign. We're still waiting for Leonard Fournette to find a right. place in Kareem Hunt. So I just, I find it hard to believe that somebody is going to give up a first-round pick or something of real value to the Colts and then pay Jonathan Taylor what he wants. So I feel like a trade is unlikely. The most likely scenario is one of two things. He just sort of, he gets kind of reality check, like the market for you ain't out there. And he just sort of shrugs his shoulders and says, screw it. All right, fine. I'm just going to go ball out for the Colts. Or he decides, you know what? I don't, I don't want to accuse him of anything, but there's a chance where he's like, you know what? I'm he's not right. healthy. Yeah. Maybe he really isn't. Maybe legitimately he isn't healthy. Or maybe he's just like, yeah, Jim Hurts. You know, I'm like, my ankle, just, I feel a twinge. I don't know if I can go today. You know, I'm here. I'm working out. I'm reporting. But just, man, I don't know. I, so I, it just... There's bad vibes in this situation. But if you ask me what I think the most likely landing spot for Jonathan Colts, for Jonathan Taylor is, it's still the Colts. You talked about the risk-reward there, Matthew, with Jonathan Taylor this year. I think also uh, the thing that I'll add on top of it is Jonathan Taylor is my RB1 on my fantasy football roster. Yes. No, not comfortable with that. However, if you are, no. you mentioned round one, round two, passing a bye. If he's still there in round three and you can get him as your RB2, that's the spot where I'm starting to become comfortable with drafting Jonathan Taylor. But if I went early wide receiver, I went with wide receivers in the first and second round, and then Jonathan Taylor is still there in the third, that's still a situation where I will pass him by and will let someone else take that risk because I need a locked and loaded option as my RB1, whereas Jonathan Taylor comes with a bit more risk there, as you mentioned. Before we get into mid-round values, I want to tell the people about the free fantasy football draft kit that you can find over at Pro Football Network. ProFootballNetwork.com, completely free. Sleepers, busts, breakouts, cheat sheets, rankings, everything that you need to dominate your fantasy football drafts can be found over at ProFootballNetwork.com. Click that fantasy tab. It is right there waiting for you. Or over in Google, just type in fantasy football draft kit. We're near the top of the page there where you can easily find that, again, completely free for you. 
All right, gents, let's get into some mid-round values here. We did early round values on this podcast just about a, a couple weeks ago, walking through the first five rounds. We're gonna go rounds six through 10. I'm gonna walk through the uh, underdog ADP for round six, list out some names there, and then I'm gonna ask you guys, who is your favorite value in there, the player that you are targeting when you're on the clock in this range? So as we look at round six, we've got guys like Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Trevor Lawrence, Damian Pierce. Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, George Pickens, J.K. Dobbins, Gabe Davis, and Miles Sanders. Kyle Soppy, who is the best value pick out of these 12 players for you? To me, this is the Trevor Lawrence show. Like, I'm just leaving every draft with him, so I'll take him in round six. If I'm drafting, I'm generally not letting him fall to round six, but that's where his ADP falls, so that's what we got to do here. Trevor Lawrence, majority of his games last year, 25 rushing yards or at least three passing touchdowns. You've got Calvin Ridley in the mix. There's just too much upside to ignore. And if you're not spending up for one of the elite quarterbacks, if you don't want to spend a round two pick on Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, somebody like that, then fine. Build a super team around this. Add Lawrence to a team that already has five starters on it. I think Trevor Lawrence in for a massive season. And let's, let's go, let's play chess while our opponents play checkers here. The average temperature for weeks 10 to 17, just, you know, looking at U.S. averages here, 60 degrees for Trevor Lawrence games. For Jalen Hurts, it's 47. Josh Allen, 42. Mahomes, 37. I'm not saying he could be the top scoring quarterback when it matters most in fantasy. I'm not saying he can't be either. I think Lawrence way more upside than his round six ADP suggests. You're, you're not not saying that I'm is, not the, saying takeaway, is the takeaway there for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Kyle Sapi, your selection there in round six. Matthew, let's throw it back over to you. Who is the player that stands out to you out of that range? God, there's so many of them, honestly. Uh, there's a lot of great values in round six. And I don't disagree with Kyle and the fact that I think Lawrence has a big year. I really like Trevor Lawrence. I don't know that he's got number one quarterback in fantasy potential, but I do think Lawrence takes a big step up this year, second year in Peterson's system, adding Calvin Ridley as all of his skill players back as well. I think Tank Bigsby is going to have a nice year in that offense as well. So I like Trevor Lawrence, but some of the guys that you mentioned off the top of my head, actually go through them one by one, just slowly for a second. Yeah, of course. Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, yeah. Darren Wall. Stop there. Okay. So Tyler Lockett. Kyle Lockett, and, 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 and Kyle knows this, but we did this on my show on, on Fantasy Football Happy Hour, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, noon Eastern, live on Peacock, on demand on Peacock, and, of course, the NFL and NBC YouTube channel, he said, because I'm a company man. Tyler Lockett is the answer to a trivia question that I know Kyle knows the answer to. Like, name the only wide receiver that has at least eight receiving touchdowns in the last five years. Yeah. It's Tyler Lockett. All he does is outperform ADP. And now you think about JSN, who's banged up as well. Geno Smith is, I think, I think too many people think Geno was a fluke last year. I don't think he was a fluke. And and Tyler Lockett has proven to be kind of quarterback proof. So Lockett, to me, is somebody that's just always undervalued. Scott Barrett actually put out a tweet today saying exactly this, which I thought it was a great tweet. Uh, my buddy Scott Barrett um, just showing, like, every year, here's Tyler Lockett's ADP, here's, you know, and here's where he finished. And he, he beats ADP, like, every single year. So Lockett, all right, keep going. And then we had Darren Waller, George. Okay, stop there. Darren Waller, I get like I'm a tight end for. Sure. What does Daniel Jones do well? Throw between the numbers. What does Brian Dayball do? Call crossing routes well. Call, you know, over the middle. Think about how many targets Cole Beasley got in the Bills offense in terms of a slot receiver, which is in essence what Darren Waller is going to be for the Giants. There are very few people, very few tight ends in the NFL that you can say this about, right? Travis Kelsey, maybe Mark Andrews, and then I think Darren Waller, which is Name a tight end 
that is going to lead his team in targets, receiving yards, and receptions on a better-than-average offense. And, like, and I don't think there's anyone other than Kelsey, Andrews, and Waller that you can say that about. Waller's going to lead that team. And last year, Saquon Barkley led the Giants in targets. And I know they improved their wide receiver room by volume because there's 8 billion guys there. They're all doing the same no thing. Like, no, exactly. Like, I mean, like, listen, we, Terry Slayton's nice. Isaiah Hodgins is a good story. I like the upside of Jalen Hyatt. But none of them are Darren Waller, not at this stage of their career. So I, I think Waller is a great value. All right, keep going. And we got George Kittle, Trevor Lawrence, Damian Pierce. Uh, All right, stop there. Damian Pierce, like, again, I, the, the, the Houston Texans are a um, – well, here's the thing about Damian Pierce. No one seems to like Damian Pierce, and I don't get it. And I, I tweeted this out the other day, something like about how, like, his ADP continues to baffle me. He is in a, in a league in which there are so few bell cow running backs, he's going to be a bell cow running back. He is going to flirt with 20 touches a game. I am not worried at all about Devin Singletary. And people are like, ah, well, the Texans suck. Okay, fine. But you know what they got? They've got a very good defensive-minded head coach. Offensive line. They've got a better-than-average offensive line. They've got a rookie quarterback that they're going to want to protect and not put too much on his shoulders. Volume is, guys, as you know, volume is king in fantasy football. And Damian Pierce may not be the most efficient guy, but I think he's a very talented running back who's going to get a ton of work on, again, a better-than-average offensive line. And I think... DeMarco Ryan's is going to want to be like, you know, we're going to try to play good defense and run the ball and try to keep this close. And he's going to, so Damian Pierce is, again, like a bell cow running back going in the sixth round. And I think it's insane uh, because I, I think he's better than a lot of other running backs. So, all right, keep going now. Well, let's let's keep moving here because we do have okay. we do have several rounds right. that we have to get to. But I do, I, well, Kyle Sapi, what is the stat? Six out of the top 11 oh, running backs in fantasy yeah. football last year were on what, losing teams. Losing, losing teams. Yep. Uh, Damien Pierce, man, I'm telling you, you're going to lose this like bet. That. You're going to lose this bet, uh, Kyle yeah, Sapi. Yeah, we, Matthew, we have a bet. Pacheco versus Pierce. What side are you falling on? Half PPR. Actually, half PPR. I would I would go with Pierce. Nah. I do really like Pacheco this year. I do really like Pacheco this year. Um, but just, you know, the, the issue is the Chiefs because they've just, you know, McKinnon steals some. And then, yeah, you no, know, I, next thing you know, stupid Noah Gray has three rushing <laughs> touchdowns. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like they just – they do so much weird stuff, you know, where it's just like – but I do I do really like Pacheco and his passing game usage in the playoffs yeah, last five year. Five against Cincy. The, I, I mean, just makes you think there's potential there. Remember, last year he came into camp as a seventh-round rookie, you know, and they had they had all this money invested in this draft capital in this Clyde edwards Lair. And now they're, they come into the camp going like, know. yeah, Pacheco's the guy. We want a Super Bowl with this guy. So uh, I think that's closer than, than – uh, I think that's a good bet, I guess, between you two. Like, I don't, I'm not planning a flag on Pierce over Pacheco. If I had to pick one, I'll pick Pierce. Yeah, but you're allowed to be wrong. That's gonna be close. I, I'm a, you're allowed to be wrong. I, I've, I've made a career of it. All right, let's get. Yeah, yeah let's move. Right, let's got? move into round seven here, gents. Uh, we got Cam Akers off the top. Then we got Jordan Addison. Jahan Dotson becomes a little bit more intriguing now with the Terry McLaurin toe injury. We'll see if that lingers into the season. Michael Pittman Jr., Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts. James Cook, Dallas Goddard, David Montgomery, James Conner, Zay Flowers, and then Quinton Johnston. Kyle Sapi, who is the best value pick out of these 12 players? I'll save the commander for the commander fan in the room and Matthew. So I'm going Zay Flowers here. I think he's the number one receiver in an offense that I think very well could have the MVP playing quarterback for them. Last season, the top non-Mark Andrews Raven 
when Lamar Jackson threw at least 25 passes, averaged 15 and a half PPR points per game. That's pretty darn good. And I think Zay Flowers is more talented than the Devin Duvernay types, Rashad Batemans that they had in that room last season. Flowers, I think, is in for a big season. People want to clump all these Raven receivers together and say, we don't know who the one is. We don't know who the two or three is. I think Flowers is the one. And I think he is reasonably stable throughout the season. I'm fine with drafting him as a fantasy starter here in round seven. He's definitely moving up the rankings for me. We talked about that uh, on a recent podcast here where Zay Flowers just continues to move up the rankings for me as we receive a, more and more hype coming out of Baltimore Ravens camp that uh, he's just he's looking the part coming out of Boston College. Matthew, I'll throw it to you. Who is the player that stuck out to you as I read through those names? Three guys stuck out. Three guys jumped out to me, so I'll do them all quickly. So, you know, I appreciate you leaving the commander for me. You. John Dotson, obviously. Just, like, again... First round, first round draft pedigree. Everyone wants to talk about Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave from last year because, because you know he he missed some time and the Commanders weren't a fun team. But like first four weeks of the NFL season last year, he scored four touchdowns. He had three touchdowns in his final five games. He's actually the 17th best wide receiver in fantasy from week 13 on uh, last year. And now, um, and that's like not a fluke. Like there's a kid who had 20 touchdowns his last two years in college at Penn State, and yeah. so. He had that's a skill. Finding the end zone is a skill. I think Sam Howell is the real deal. Now I'm a homer, right? I'm a, but I think Sam Howell is the real deal, and so Dotson is is unbelievable. The other two guys there is again, as we just sort of talked about Pierce, just especially by the way, if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, if you take Kelsey in the first round, if you sort of blow off running back and you're just kind of in this range, there's a cup. This is a really good year to go zero RB or modified zero RB because guys like Pierce are going in the sixth. And guys like Cam Akers and James Conner are going in the seventh. Again, they're on bad teams, and people don't love it. But Kyle, I love that stat. I'm going to steal Go that. For it. Six of the left, six of the top eleven. Right? Do I have this right? Six of the top eleven running backs from last year were on losing teams. Half PPR, and but so, yeah. Half PPR, but that's that's fine. Um, think about uh, James Conner, right? Five of his last seven games last year, he had 18 or more fantasy points. He played at least 90 percent of the snaps in five of his last seven games. Is the team going to be bad? It is. But we don't know when Kyler Murray's coming back. Maybe they come in. he comes back sooner rather than later. But the other thing is, is that James Conner's a really good pass-catching running back. He's not leaving the field. And honestly, again, volume is king. What are they going to do, let Colt McCoy throw it? No, I mean, James Conner's going to throw, get a ton. They don't really have, it's, you know, Corey Clement and, you know, Keontae Ingram. Like, there's not a lot behind them, at least at the moment. So my expectation here is that James Conner gets a massive workload as does, honestly, I think, as does Cam Akers, right? I mean, like, think about this in terms of, uh, in, in terms of Cam Akers. I, like, last year, I'm, I'm looking for uh, – I, I have some notes on, uh, on Cam Akers here that I'm trying to uh, – Bury the lead on James Conner. That's two first names, Matthew. It's not like you to miss that. Uh, fair. Fair. All right. Final six games of last season for Cam Akers. Found my notes. He was the fifth best running back in fantasy. For six games last year, on the same bad team behind the same bad offensive line, he averaged 17.7 fantasy points per game, over 19 touches a game, for 101 yards from scrimmage last year. Each of his final four games, he had 100-plus total yards as well. I, week 13 on, he was a top-five fantasy running back. You're getting him in the seventh round. Do I think he's going to be a top-five fantasy running back? Of course not. Are, there's injury concerns. Like, at the beginning of the year, they tried to get rid of this kid. Like, they, they were trying to give him away. But, again... Sean McVay has traditionally, hasn't always been, but like you go all the way back to the Todd Gurley days, when he's been the head coach of the Rams, for the most part, he's basically a one running back guy. 
and it's either Cam Akers or Kieran Williams or Ronnie Rivers, and it's going to be Cam Akers who looked like Cam Akers over the final five games of last year. So, again, that's another guy that could easily flirt with 20 touches a game in the seventh round. So those are my values there. Yeah, I think it's really important to mention the backups for both of those teams, right? With James Conner, you mentioned it's Keontae Ingram, it's Corey Clement. Like, those guys aren't coming out of the field and taking James Conner off of it. Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, like you mentioned, are those guys getting onto the field over Cam Akers? No. Now, you do have injury concerns and durability concerns with both of them, but that's reflected in the fact that they're going in the seventh round. So, like you mentioned, if if you go with the... Early wide receivers taking Travis Kelsey, you know, adding Cam Akers or James Conner as your RB3 makes a ton of sense. Let's move into round eight here. And by the way, to your point about injury concerns, like every player that plays a snap in the NFL has an injury concern. Last year, no one wanted to draft Christian McCaffrey because he had injury concerns. Worked out well. Last year, no one wanted to draft Saquon Barkley because he had injury concerns. Worked out well. My point is, is like guys are injured until they're not and vice versa. James Conner. No one drafted him last year because injury concerns, and he proved to be a value last year. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, is yes, he's a running back. Running backs are prone to get getting injured, but you know, uh, uh, that, that is absolutely you know by the dip, I guess, is what I would right. say. It's reflected in the ADP. Right, reflected in the ADP. There. Let's move into round eight. Here we have Alvin Kamara off the top. Then we got DeAndre Swift, Brandon Cooks, Rashad White, Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore. Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, Cortland Sutton, Tua Tagovailoa, and Michael Thomas. Kyle Sapi, who's the best value pick for you? Yeah, we hinted at this earlier, and I'm going to win a bet because of it, but it's Isaiah Pacheco. He's my running back 21 going in the eighth round right now. Kansas City averages almost four red zone trips per game during the Mahomes era, and I think he's going to eat up a lot of those touches. That means he's getting at least one scoring chance a game. Like, if they're in the red zone four times, you can't tell me he's not getting carries inside the 10, at least on one, if not multiple of those drives. I think he's got a chance to reach double-digit touchdowns. Obviously, the pass catching is a thing. He did catch five in the playoff game, as Matthew hinted at earlier in the podcast. So there is some hope there. Jerick McKinnon, obviously a thorn in the side, but I don't think he's really a threat to take 10, 12 carries away. Like, he'll take away usage in the passing game, but I'm not that worried about what he provides on the ground in around eight. Like, that's plenty of floor for me with Pacheco. The scoring upside, to me, elevates him a round or two higher. Happy to take Pacheco, make him my weekly flex at the very least. Matthew, who stood out to you in that range? A, a few people did. Whip through that one more time for me. Absolutely. Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, Brandon Cooks, Rashad White, Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, Cortland Sutton, Tua Tagovailoa, and Michael Thomas. I think, I mean, to me, I think Tua is really interesting, right? I mean, because, again, that's a guy with a wide range of outcomes. He's obviously, you know, again, as we're talking, sort of needs to stay healthy. Um, But that's a guy that has top five quarterback upside. That guy, if he stays healthy, that guy could be Joe Burrow this year. Mm -hmm. That guy easily could throw 35 touchdown Mm -hmm. passes. And that offense, with you know, with a healthy Hill and Waddle, there's no question about that. And so that's a guy that once you get past sort of the big guys, that's the guy, him and like Anthony Richardson are the two guys that have a legit chance. Polar to opposites. <laughs> to, yeah, right. But obviously, but those are two guys that have the chance mm-hmm. to finish the year top five at the position. Outside of that, I'll say in terms of really like Sky Moore, really like uh, Cortland Sutton as okay. well. Um, you know, I think, I, no, I think people are sleeping. Everyone's all about Jerry. I agree. Judy and I agree. Marvin, and, Mar- and Marvin Mims is, is sexy, but like read the training camp reports. Read like where you know, Russ is going, right? I mean, like, 
Russ likes to throw jump balls as well. And so I, I think Cortland Sutton is, uh, especially given eight, I prefer Cortland Sutton to Jerry Judy when you at factor cost. in eight right. at cost, right. at cost. Um, but Rashad White is pretty interesting too. I mean, like, again, like I'm just sort of, like I feel like there's more value at, at wide receiver later. So I'll, I'll say Rashad White, who I think, again, is going to just get massive volume on a team that isn't going to be good, but he's going to be part of the passing game. And I know for a fact that what they want to do in what Todd Bowles wants to do in Tampa Bay is I want to run the ball and play good defense. He's not going to let Baker or Kyle Trask lose it for him. It's going to be a very conservative offense this year in Tampa Bay. I know that for a fact. Don't you dare talk negative about a Kyle on a Kyle podcast here. Kyle Trask, <laughs> you never know. Right, fair enough. Let's let's move into round nine here, guys. We still got two rounds to get to. We want to fly through these. Let's go round nine. We got Evan Ingram, Khalil Herbert, Traylon Burks, Rashad Bateman, Anthony Richardson, Kadarius Tony, Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon, Zach Charbonnet, Brian Robinson, Dak Prescott, and then Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Kyle Sabi, who stands out to you there? Yeah, up to this point, I've let Matthew take all the good running backs on bad teams narrative. I'm going to go that route with Khalil Herbert here. I've got him a top 30 running back. I think he's an easy flex. I can't use the 6 out of 11 uh, running back stat anymore because you guys have uh, beat that into the ground. (laughs) But it is a fact, and I think Herbert could well fit that. He and David Montgomery last season, both top 10 running backs in points per rush attempt. And I don't think that's an accident. When you realize what Justin Fields opens up with his own legs, You got DJ Moore there. They can open things up in the perimeter a little bit. I think Herbert, over 13% of his carries have gone for 10 yards. And the Bears have seen every one of those. He's not a guy coming in from a different location. The Bears know what they have in him. Not worried about Deonta Foreman. Roshan Johnson's the thing, and he's going to be on the field. I get it. But Herbert, to me, there's enough love to go around here for a couple of running backs. Herbert, a top 30 play, easy for me, and a steal in round nine. I absolutely agree with you there. Matthew, who stands out to you? I'm going to take the commanders running backs here. I'm going to take both Robinson and Gibson again. Like I'm, I'm high on this offense. I think Howell proved the other night that he's going to be, you know, he's going to be above average here. What was exciting to me is the fact that Robinson, Brian Robinson caught some passes there. Right. I mean, again, like remember last year, he was a rookie who got shot in the preseason. And so like, we know he's a thumper between the tackles. We saw that at Alabama. Mm -hmm. We saw it last year in the pros. And so if they're going to use, if he's going to catch even three or four balls a game, like all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And then Antonio Gibson, you know, like Antonio Gibson uh, had 10 games last year where he had 12 or more touches. He averaged 13.3 fantasy points per game in PPR. And at, like it's an easy comparison, but I think it's an accurate one that Robinson's going to be the Isaiah Pacheco role and Gibson's going to be in the McKinnon role in Eric Bieniemy's offense. And this is going to be a better offense than you think. I think because Robinson will catch more passes than you think, and I think they'll use Gibson between the tackles more than expected. Both these guys are going to have value. They're both going to be flex-worthy, and to get them here in round nine, either one of them, I think you're going to be viable. If you had to pick one. The way that Pacheco and McKinnon were last. If you had to pick one, who you got? If I had to pick one, I'm going to say Brian Robinson, A, because he's going slightly lower, and B, because, again, like I think there's more touchdown equity in Robinson and the fact that, they're going to use him a little bit in the passing game. We saw that. Not a ton. Uh, it'll still be Gibson on third down, but passes to the running back are going to be a thing for the Washington Commanders this year. 
I so desperately want Antonio Gibson to be a thing for fantasy football. So if this can happen this year, please, I would be so happy. Let's move into the final round that we are going to be talking about here today. Round at 10. Let's go with David Njoku right off the top. Then Pat Fryermuth. Then we got Rashad Penny, Tyler Boyd, Kirk Cousins, Jamison Williams, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Romeo Dobbs, Devon Achain, and then Samaj Pirine. Not exactly a list that uh, no. I'm clamoring to to get many players out of, but Kyle Sapi, who stands out to you? It's the top two names on the list because it's the end of a tier for me. I got Pat Fryermuth. I'm going to highlight here. I just think tight ends fall off of such a cliff for, I mean, after the elite, you really get it kind of in this middle range. But then after Njoku and Fryermuth, I think it drops off a complete cliff and it's part, you're streaming after these guys. So anytime you can get the end of a tier, I'm in. Firemuth top two at the position in third down catches during his two seasons and in first down receptions in fourth quarters last season. So he's a guy uh, I think Kenny Pickett trusts. I think we all think this offense is going to take a nice step forward. The receivers are going to make up most of that. I think we're all in on Pickens and Deontay Johnson at this point. But I think Firemuth in round 10 where every other team in your league already has a tight end, I don't think he loses you weeks. I think he's enough stability at a brutal position to plug in, hold your nose, and you're just fine on a weekly basis. It was interesting with Fryermuth as I was thinking about him, like, oh man, there's just so many different options in this, you know, in this passing game. Mm -hmm. You need Kenny Pickett to be pretty solid, like for for Fryermuth to return value. I thought I was going to be pretty low on Pat Fryermuth. I went through and did projections, and actually it came out pretty, like, pretty favorable for Fryermuth there. <laughs> you can't put him lower, right? So I think a player that can provide some consistency, and like you mentioned, just drops off a cliff after that, and the rest of them are dart throws. Matthew, who stands out to you in this range? I mean, I think I think this is a great round for if you've blown off quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. This is a good round to target a quarterback if you've blown it off so far, right? You know, what I mean, I think I think G, especially by the way, you know, Daniel Jones with the rushing. People forget Geno Smith in leagues that count six points per touchdown pass. Geno Smith was a top seven yeah. quarterback last year, so um, so I think this is a good. But I'll actually agree with Kyle uh, here in terms of the uh, in terms of the tight ends. Uh, I agree. You you talked up Fryermuth. I'm a big believer, and I like Kenny Pickett as a bit of a sleeper sure. this year. I do think the Steelers' offense takes a step forward. But I'll talk up Njoku because I think he's after Nick Chubb. He's the safest bet of the Browns' offense. There's so much there's so much variance that could go up with the Browns. If Deshaun Watson's Deshaun Watson from Houston and he's great, then we love everyone. We love Amari, Elijah Moore, you know, DPJ in the second half of the year, DPJ, like all of them, right? But if Deshaun Watson is the guy we saw last year where he was just brutal. The fact of the matter is, is I'm nervous about Amari Cooper. I'd be nervous about any, all, the, all the ancillary players. But still, I think Njoku would still have value because at least the, there's a short part of the field. Njoku's a great blocker. He's going to be playing almost every snap. So just a massive snap rate as well. He's a, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a big red zone target as well. So I think Njoku is kind of quarterback proof. And that's what, you know, in terms of Cleveland, I agree with Kyle, there's, there's kind of a tier here. I like There's some guys that I like a little bit more than you do. I think Tyler Higby. I think Gerald Everett. I actually think Dalton Schultz could be okay as well. Um, so those are some of the guys. Like, by the way, as we talk about Waller, there, Dalton Schultz is a guy that he could. could lead yeah. his team to target. <laughs> right. That's another guy that – that's another tight end that potentially could lead his team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. But, um, but Njoku would be the guy for me. 
All right, that was a ton of information that we just brought to you guys, everyone who tuned in. Uh, ton of names that we were able to run through here and help you out in the middle rounds of your fantasy football drafts. Matthew, I want to thank you for taking some time out, jumping onto the podcast. Why don't you let everyone know what you've got going on and where they can find and follow your work this football season? Well, we've talked about NBC already in terms of everything. Uh, you know, NBCSports.com, RotorWorld.com. By the way, tomorrow is Love Hate Day, yeah. so that'll be coming out. My rankings are up. My hundred facts are up. Um, uh, and uh, we do, you know, we do um, fantasy football happy hour wherever, wherever we get podcasts. It's also available on demand on the NFL and NBC YouTube channel and on Peacock. We also do the show live. If you want to watch it live, we do it live noon Eastern on Peacock. Um, and then the other thing is, is that, you know, I have a startup, uh, fantasylife.com. So uh, the Fantasy Life newsletter, 100% free. Fantasylife.com, all the tools are free. Everything is free on fantasylife.com and in the Fantasy Life newsletter. So come check it out. Subscribe. It's, it's a quick five-minute read every single day. It's written by a bunch of really smart people. Peter Overzeff, Ian Harditz, uh, Dwayne McFarland, Kendall Valenzuela, Matthew Friedman, really good analysts, really smart people. And, um, and, you know, I contribute as well. And uh, anyway, listen, if you don't like it, it's a free email. Unsubscribe, delete it, whatever. Who cares? But I would say I would suggest people come check out our uh, all the free tools on uh, fantasylife.com as well. We have we just launched a new um, ADP finder, which is great. Uh, we have, you know, we have we have trade. We have, uh, you know, we have we have start sit tools. We have trade analyzers. We have a, a plethora of trades, Every, everything you possibly need for. For best, our best ball hub is ridiculous. Everything you need for fantasy, dynasty, best ball, sports betting, you name it, is there and free on fantasylife.com. Well, hey, some of the names that you mentioned there, uh, Matthew Friedman, Ian Hart, those are some of my favorite people on planet Earth. So you got a great team going over there. Uh, make sure, guys, before we get out of here to go over profootballnetwork.com, the free fantasy football draft kit, as you are going into your fantasy football drafts this weekend, everything that you're going to possibly need to dominate your drafts this year can be found over there, profootballnetwork.com. All right, that'll do it. For Matthew Berry and Kyle Sapi, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Good luck, guys.